Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. Merry Christmas, everyone. Consider this episode our Christmas gift to you. First of all, this episode features original music once again by Carrie Kelso. And then, today's story was written by returning author Michael Withers. In addition to being an author, Michael is also a janitor at a church and a frequent voice over at Christian Geek Central and the CGC forums. You've heard his stories before in episode 27, The Gnomes and the Pit, and episode 32, Mission from the Dark Side of the Galaxy. So be sure to go back and listen to his stories. On a personal note, I've enjoyed getting to know Michael through social media. He has a keen intellect and a humble soul. That's a winning combination in my book. But this episode is a Christmas present to you, so rather than make you wait, the Untold Podcast is proud to present The Will of the Time Traveler by Michael Withers. Okay, so I was arguing with this guy, online. I was saying how stupid the idea of time travel was. Even if you could travel through time, the galaxy would move out from under you. You'd end up miles out in space or miles underground, and I have no idea which would be worse. My opponent sent me a link to a website claiming to give a step-by-step instruction for making a working time machine. Ludicrous! Of course, but he wouldn't concede the argument unless I tried it in good faith. I'm too stubborn for my own good. I knew making a time machine out of junk laying around in my garage was idiotic, but if some jerk needed me to do that in order to have the sense beaten into his head, fine, I can waste some time. I did find it strange that a 1983 BMW 5 Series was needed for spare parts. Not so much because of the type of car, but because I actually had one of those sitting in my garage, slowly turning into rust. Ski bindings, copper wire, a flippin' total gym, I had them all in there. I worried that the idiot on the other end of the argument was stalking me. But if he was, he'd just see that I was going through with the experiment. It took me over a year to get it all assembled. I wasn't exactly super motivated to put the thing together. Finally, however, there I was, sitting in a leather bucket seat, adjusting dials on a cassette deck, and wondering when I should go to. I didn't want to do something practical, like last week so I could make my dentist appointment, or three months ago so I could play Powerball Lottery. No, I wanted to go big or go nowhere. 31 AD. Oh yeah, if I was going back in time, which I wasn't because I was on a rickety contraption made of junk, but if I was, I was going to meet Jesus and ask him some questions face to face. 
No, I don't know Greek. No, I don't know Hebrew. I know a couple Latin words, but not enough to string a sentence together. But that didn't matter, did it? I wasn't going anywhere. Traveling through time was not what I imagined it would be like. There was no vortex of colors, no wormhole of light, no streaks of flame. One moment I was sitting in a driver's seat, the next I was dropping onto my butt in a busy street right out of a flannel graph. The first thing that got to me was the smell. Animals and something rotten. If the people walking by were shocked to see a pale dude wearing jeans and a t-shirt appear out of nowhere, they sure didn't show it. They just walked by, their concentration on something else. There was a commotion behind me, and I stood up to see what was going on. As it turns out, that was rather easy because I was a head taller than a majority of the people around. This wasn't the case for a really short guy next to me. Standing on tiptoe, he might have been five foot, but I wouldn't put money on it. He grabbed a branch of a tree nearby and scrambled up into it. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. I sung under my breath, but there was no way that I was witnessing something straight out of a Sunday school class. At least, that is what I thought. But then the crowd noise ramped up, and I caught one word over and over. Yeshua. The crowd pushed in, squeezed tight, but cleared a lane down the middle of the road where a grizzled bunch of travelers walked toward me. Maybe trudged would be a better word, as they looked very tired. By the time I considered getting close, the crowd had shuffled me to the back. I could see just fine, but I wasn't close enough to hear when one of the road-weary groups stopped in front of the tree, gestured to Zacchaeus, and the little guy hopped out of the tree. There was no way something as iconic as Jesus telling Zacchaeus to come down because he was going to his house today, and I was missing it. I tried to push in. After all, I outweighed any two of the people around me, but an elbow in the solar plexus taught me that there were rules to this game I didn't understand. The crowd moved on, for the most part, most mobbing along after Jesus, but there were several groups of people standing around talking heatedly. These guys had a hungry look about them. I can't explain it really, but danger exuded from them. They didn't have the look of holy men, rather they looked like a rogues gallery off a no-fly list. I really didn't want to draw their attention, so I backed down an alley and tried to make my ignoble escape. I got a couple steps when a pile of garbage moved, and a hand reached out to grab my leg with a vice-like grip. I stumbled and fell. Hello, Will, a voice said. You're a long way from home. I looked on in horror as a leprous man brushed some trash off himself and grinned with a mouth half-emptied of teeth. How do I know he had leprosy? Let's just say it was obvious, and I'll leave it at that. Who are you? I asked. Are you a time traveler too? He grinned wider. 
No, not really. Not the way you understand it, at least. He winked. I'm an angel. He saw my look. Was it dismay? Disappointment? Disbelief? I don't know, but he said, Don't be afraid, in a sing-song, falsely deep voice. Then he cackled at my shocked look. So, who are you? I asked. No one important, and not a name you'd recognize anyway, but what I have to tell you is important. Uh, what is that? Can I meet Jesus? I was getting excited. Well, yes and no. He must have seen the expression on my face going confused because he hurried on. You will meet him soon enough, but that isn't the message. He wants you to go to a small village in the Caucasus to spread his word. Like the disciples? Mm, kind of, he began. Will I heal people and convert thousands? Will I found a church that will survive the ages? Well, no, nothing like that. What then? Is someone I talk to going to be a great man, some future bishop and leader of the church? No. In fact, you'll outlive everyone you preach to, but not by long. What? What do you mean? See, you are going to go to preach, and soon after you start, you will be killed. Quite painfully, I might add, but only after seeing all you teach, die. But then, what is the point? Why would I do that? Obeying your lord isn't enough for you? He asked. No, I suppose it rarely is. How about this? If you go through with this, a single soul will be saved. Wait, if? I asked. You mean, I don't have to? No, you don't. You can go home and pretend all of this was a stromboli-fueled nightmare. He pulled a remote control out from under him. Just push fast forward and you'll be right back where you started. I was feeling pretty relieved now. I didn't have to die. Well, you will die eventually. What? You'll die eventually. You were thinking you wouldn't have to die, but you know very well that to live, you must die. You can read my mind? He shrugged, looking kind of embarrassed. But you know it is true. Eventually, you will die, and the Lord is giving you this chance to make a real difference. I could preach in the real world. Back in my time, I could even reach more people because I actually know the language. I can't even understand what people are saying around here, and I certainly don't know ancient Caucasian. Are you forgetting Pentecost? What? Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit will cause the disciples to speak in languages they didn't know. I must have looked dumbfounded, as I was, because he continued slowly. You will also speak the language you will need to. God makes provision, you know. Look, how am I supposed to get to the Caucasus to begin with? I can't walk all the way, can I? Sure you can, and you will, he grinned again. I need a job and food and... Don't worry about it, his grin widened. A slave trader will kidnap you, and he'll make sure you get to where you need to go. 
<laughs> oh, oh, this gets better and better. A slave trader? You want me to be a slave and then get killed? Horribly, he interjected. Right, get killed horribly just so one soul is saved for heaven. You'll also be beaten, but that hardly counts against a life or a soul, does it? I was starting to get hysterical. My breathing was getting shallow, and I could feel a little dizzy. I tried to stand up and managed to crouch with my hands on my knees. Or I could just go home. Live a long life, die in your sleep, but having never actually accomplished anything. I think living long and avoiding pain is something of an accomplishment. Really? He arched an eyebrow at me. Trees do a much better job of that than people do. They make oxygen and... And you'll make manure. Congratulations, he said, deadpan. Look, Will, time is running out here. He held out the remote to me. Either take the remote or don't. What will it be? that was our story. I hope you liked it. Oh, I know it wasn't exactly a Christmas story, but it had Jesus in it. That automatically makes it more about Christmas than Jingle All the Way. Unless, of course, the hunt for a Turbo Man action figure was really an existential metaphor of humans' desperate longing for God. Uh, but I digress. Both myself and our composer, Carrie Kelso, commented that this story felt incomplete. We wanted more. We wanted to see what our protagonist was going to do. I mentioned this to Michael Withers, and he essentially said, The point isn't about what Will would do. It's about what you and I would do. Before we go, remember that... This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. I also wanted to mention the second volume of the Crossover Alliance Anthology is now available. I have two of my short stories featured in this collection, so be sure to check it out. Please remember to join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us positive reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us, and tell your friends. Until next time, I'm Nathan James Norman, reminding you, you can go home and pretend all of this was a Stromboli-fueled nightmare.